Burning Zozo Written by Kristen Knight Narrated by Nancy Peterson They laid Emma in a tiny white coffin with a perfect white satin lining and silver airbrushed angels on the lid. She wore ringlets and a satin headband with daisy appliques. Her face was petal pink, made up to look like she was sleeping. Willer lay at her side, clean and combed, and wearing a pink bow tie that Andy had made for him. During the viewing, Andy got up the nerve to touch Emma's hand before they closed the casket. She needed hard evidence to believe her sister was really gone. It was cold and stiff, like a doll's. Andy pulled her hand back and put it in her pocket. Arius sent an enormous spray of pink flowers for the funeral, and when Liz went to settle the bill, the funeral director told her that everything had already been taken care of. Liz knew it was Adams's doing. During the service, the priest talked about heaven and innocence, mostly to Liz and Shane. Jenna gave a speech, and so did Shane. Andy just sat in the pew next to Chris, Luke, and Steph with her eyes closed. After the funeral, Andy sank into the lazy boy in the living room, while Jenna, Steph, and Shane greeted all the pay-their-respecters. Luke was in his room with his headphones on, and Liz was behind her bedroom door. Andy talked to no one, made eye contact with no one. She was too busy concentrating on trying to breathe in and out without it hurting. Dante showed up at 5.03 p.m., his face red as a habanero. He'd been drinking and wouldn't stop hugging Shane. When Jenna asked him where the Ruizes were, a single sob escaped his throat, and he said, Ice took Tina. Sam had gone into hiding near Los Alamos, and Child Protective Services had taken custody of the kids. Dante got louder and louder with each slurred sentence and was soon yelling phrases like mezzed with the wrong hombre and wished they'd never at the top of his lungs. The other guests moved to the door as he shouted. Shane patted Dante's back. It's okay, buddy. Now's not a good time to talk about this. Dante yanked away from Shane. We gotta do something to those bastards, Shane. Something that'll make them think before they take anyone else. Those assholes are tearing our families apart. Just then, Father Gabriel's cobalt blue eyes and white collar appeared at the screen door. As he came inside, Dante stumbled to the bathroom. When Steph went to wash her hands a few minutes later, the bathroom window was open and Dante was gone. 5.6. Bound. The next day, Adams's house was lightless and frigid. Shuffling towards the master suite, Andy had to run her hand along the bitter, cold walls to find her way. The bedroom door was open, 
Arius lay soaked in sweat and mumbling in one of the ten languages he spoke. A bag of ice lay on his chest. Chen sat beside him, reading from a leather-bound book. Hello, Andy said. Arius looked up and Chen waved her in. Andy, what are you doing here? You should be home with your family. Too claustrophobic at home, and too sad. Come take my place, Chen rose. He's been waiting for you. Chen gave Andy his chair and then left the room. Arius looked up, eyes wide like a child, with his brow crimped and twisted. Are you okay? Andy asked. He closed his eyes. Okay is a relative term. She sat quietly for a moment, then said, If you're angry with me for violating the NDA, I want you to know I'm not sorry. He opened his eyes. I can't watch you suffer, Andy said weakly. And I think I found a way to help. How? He rubbed his temples. I talked to a priest. He said, if you confess, then make up for what you did. According to church law, the curse will be lifted. Arius gave her a thin smile. You mean restitution from the ancient law of repentance? I tried that years ago. It didn't work then, and won't work now. But Father Gabriel said, He's wrong. I've done too much. How do I make up for all those people I've sacrificed and the lives their loss has affected? How do I make up for the plagues? Or your sister? He looked away. I never can. The joke, I'm afraid, is on me. Emma isn't your fault. Isn't she? Arius looked at Andy. I told you the disease would take her. Arius, please just try listening to me for once. Andy, I've explored every option. There is just one solution, and I'm too weak to do it. I need you. I need you. Jesse repeated. Andy gazed at the flickering candle, her mind drained of reason. I just need this craziness and fever to stop. I need to rewind to a time where my little sister is still alive and you aren't sick. But I don't know how. Andy, Chen's voice came from the doorway. Can we talk? Chen led Andy to the office and gestured to a chair. Have a seat. She obeyed. How are you doing? How's your family? Okay, I guess. She folded and unfolded her arms. No, that's not true, actually. We're not okay. 
What can I do to help? You mean besides the obvious? She nodded toward Arius's bedroom. Andy, I'd like to run something past you. A legal scenario. What do you mean? Let's say Arius is telling the truth. She crumpled her brow. What? Chen held up his hand. Consider it as a hypothetical. What would you do then? That scenario is so impossible. I'd need proof to even consider it, some solid evidence. He leaned back in his chair. Okay. Have you ever been sailing? No. But what does that have to do with anything? He continued. Sailors spend years learning the mechanics of wind, its temperament, how to leverage its force. They can't see it or taste it or talk to it. But they shape their attention, their rigging, their every move to it. They must respect the laws of the wind or they will not survive in the midst of it. Sailors who are casual in their attention endanger themselves and everyone on their boat. They will not last, because in the end, the wind and the sea do not care if the sailor believes in them or not. Andy scratched her head. Chen tented his fingers. There are forces at work in the world. Forces that push and pull men and women, forward and back, trading in light and darkness, Forces that do not care if you believe in them or not. They simply are. These forces can touch the spark of war, disease, prosperity, and fame to their respective kindling and set them ablaze. They sway markets and nations and the lives of individuals. They are elemental and powerful. And if you do not give them the respect they deserve, fortunes, careers, and lives are lost. Are we still talking hypotheticals? What would you say to my argument? She thought about how to respond. Then she said quietly, I'd still say I need evidence or I won't believe you. That's exactly the point. It doesn't matter if you believe me. Chen leaned forward. The fact is that Arius Adams is beholden to those forces in that room, and his fever will not lift until the terms are fulfilled. She looked at Chen's clear eyes and calm hands and said, Chen, are you saying you actually believe he's Cain? Chen dropped his chin. You can end his suffering, but won't, because you don't believe what you can't see or prove with feeble man-made evidence. Well, you never will. That's not how the foundational forces of this world work. Their effect, their power, is right in front of you. And if you ignore them while waiting for your adolescent version of proof, 
you'll soon be tossed from the boat and taking your last breath under the waves. Andy sat for several seconds. Are you testing me, Chen? Is this some elaborate story problem that's part of my probation? And if I'm not? What? I'm going to show you something that you must promise never to talk about. With anyone. All right, what is it? Chen swung back the Picasso on the wall and keyed in the eight-digit code. He opened the safe, revealing a stack of black drawers. Chen laid the bottom drawer on the desk. He unfolded a map that had colorful arrows run up and down continents. A pie chart sat to one side with various slices in different colors. Are you familiar with genographics, Andy? She shook her head. No? What is that? It's the study of the origins of race using human DNA. With genomic testing, you can now send in a few cells and find out how much of your DNA comes from which ancient race and where your ancestors lived and migrated from around the world. Okay. These are the results of my test. Chen turned the map towards her. As you can see, I have DNA made up from centuries of mutation and natural selection, several different races from around the globe, like all modern men and women. Chen unfolded another map. It contained a single green dot in East Africa. This is Arius's genographic map. Meaning? His DNA is original. Pure. It contains none of the variations or mutations that the rest of us have from simply being a part of the 21st century family of humans whose ancestors migrated, interbred, adapted. He has the DNA of the genetic Adam and Eve, the beginnings of all races of man. The company that ran the test actually gave Arius his money back. They thought they'd made a mistake. So we had two others retest it. The results of all three were the same. He is, for lack of a better term, the origin of all race. So, that doesn't prove anything for me. He could have doctored the test or made this chart in Photoshop. But what if he didn't? Chen, why are you doing this? Are you... She almost said, sick too. Then remembered him in a hospital gown and black socks. Afraid of losing your job? So you're humoring him? No. Well, then if you say it's real, she said, why can't you produce some kind of a logical proof? The wind at least produces a consistent result, something you can bank on. Chen rubbed his hands together. All right, how much ancient history do you know? Some, I guess. Then ask yourself, 
Why did so many ancient cultures in such diverse places in the world with no means of communication between them perform human sacrifices in nearly the exact same way? Or at all, for that matter. Andy's brows pressed together, and she folded her arms. What do you mean? The Mayans, Tibetans, Native Americans, Romans, Tahitians, Chinese. He rolled his hand like he was turning a crank. How did they all learn it? Was it just coincidence that such cultures so far away and with no means of communication all performed sacrifices using a similar process? Similar knife? That's not a naturally occurring notion in man, is it, to take a life to appease some supernatural power? He held out his hands. How did they all come up with the idea separately? Haven't you ever wondered? I hadn't really thought about it, she said slowly. And why does nearly every religion have a story of two brothers, one that kills the other to gain power? Cultures on different sides of the planet, stories written in their ancient texts or oral traditions where nothing else matches, just the one piece. Logically, how is that possible? Andy sat, trying to negate Chen's argument, thinking up one logic chain, then down another. Eventually, she just said, I don't know. Because he taught them. He straightened his ear cuff. There's a reason why history repeats itself the way it does. Civilizations rising and falling, prosperity and pride, winning and losing, like hands in a poker game. What reason? Because the same dealer has been calling the shots for centuries, pushing and pulling the same levers, and somewhere down inside you, you know that what I'm saying is true. Andy rubbed her face. Okay, so, she argued in frustration. In this scenario, why can't you do the sacrifice? Why does it have to be me? Because I have my own terms to fulfill. What terms? That's all I can say. I'm bound by strict confidentiality, like all his clients. Even you. I'm not a client. Aren't you? Chen sat back in his chair. Hasn't he brokered something very valuable for you recently? Andy shook her head. Your father? He traced a rectangle on the desk with his finger. Something green? Her stomach iced over. That was a gift. Chen gazed at Andy. Was it? She held still as chilly tendrils snaked up her chest and throat. You have a written contract with him, and from the way you look at him, I would say unwritten as well. 
you're bound to him. And now that he's helped your father, well, it seems you owe him more than just clean floors or admiring gazes, don't you? She stared at him, then leaned forward and said, Mr. Chen, are you blackmailing me? Chen waited a moment, then nearly whispered, That's an interesting question. Why would I blackmail you? Andy shivered in the full blast AC. Because Arius has no family to inherit his millions, you're in the will. If he's gone, you get his money. Chen's eyes narrowed. Arius has no will, Andy, for the reasons we've just discussed. And even if he did, I would not be in it. He leaned forward. In fact, he believes that when this final sacrifice is done and his contract fulfilled, he will be paid in more wealth and power than you can imagine. His birthright times a thousand. That's insane, Andy shook her head. Why are you doing this? I thought you cared about him. You owed him. Chen dropped his chin and looked at her with kind eyes. Andy, would you consider that maybe I'm trying to keep you safe? I know you're grieving and have a lot on your mind. But if you're going to get out of this intact... I just need you to listen to me for the next few minutes, okay? She rubbed her arms and muttered, Okay, I'll listen. What exactly is it you expect me to do? Five point seven Angle Chen moved back to the safe and pulled out a drawer filled with buckskin bundles. One lay on top, long and flat. Inside was a large knife with a choppy black blade and leather-wrapped hilt. You'll need to use this, he said, gazing at the weapon. It's obsidian. So sharp they use it to make scalpels, so don't touch the edge. It glimmered like dark water. Andy swallowed down the cotton gathering in her mouth. Chen laid the knife on the desk with both hands. You'll also need to cut off a lock of hair from the sacrifice and bring it back with you. Part of the proof. The proof. Use scissors for the hair. It's easier, cleaner. Won't they feel the cut? Not if it's done in the right place and time, somewhere with a crowd and lots of movement, where it's dark, like a concert. Isn't a public place risky? With so little time to plan, it's less risky than a one-on-one -on -one sacrifice we've learned. Crowds create a soup of physical evidence, perfect for covering your tracks, 
and with people bumping into you, dancing, it's less obvious when someone falls. Are you aware of any concerts coming into town? No. What about a sporting event? Fireworks. Uh, the Zozobra burning is this Thursday, she said. What's that? It's part of the Santa Fe Harvest Fiesta. They hang this huge marionette in the baseball stadium. Then, after dark, they set him on fire. It's part of some superstition about burning your sorrows from the previous year to make the year to come better, luckier. People from all over the world show up to watch. Shut up, Andy. Stop helping him, she screamed in her head. Perfect. He shook his bad hand and then rested it on the knife. But why can't you hire someone to do this? Andy wondered aloud. We've tried to hire professionals before, he offered. But they resist the rules about the knife and the lock of hair. And they prefer using a long-range weapon. Keep their distance. You've thought about this a lot, haven't you? Arius moaned from his room again. Andy turned toward the sound. It's okay, Chen said. You can go to him. She hurried from the office, out of Chen's sight and away from his black knife. Arius was laying on his side, a pillow between his legs, one over his head. Jez tapped softly on her food bowl. Arius reached for Andy. She sat beside him. He pressed her hand to his cheek. So cool, he muttered. Your skin is so wonderfully, deliciously cool. Please let me get you out of here, she whispered. I think Chen might be trying to hurt you. He finally moved the pillow from his head and looked at her with bloodshot eyes. Chen is the only one who understands what I need. Tears flowed onto her cheeks. Why are you letting him do this? You could be dying. I can't lose you too, Arius. I can't do it. I don't have it in me to lose someone else I care about. Can't lose you too, Arius, Jessie repeated perfectly. Then Andy, he said, you need to know that the next ripple of the plague will begin soon. It will strike the firstborn in each family and will be faster and deadlier. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. He coughed, and his body shuddered. I'm sorry, but if you don't make the sacrifice by tomorrow night, Jenna will be infected, along with hundreds, maybe thousands of others. Andy's throat and limbs ached with grief and frustration. Stop it. Just stop talking like this. 
I can't take it anymore. I need to get out of here. She stood to leave. Think about what I said. Arius's voice deepened. Time is running out. She hurried through the house, rubbing her arms, the chilled air slashing her throat. Rounding the corner to the kitchen, a hand reached out and gripped her shoulder. Oh, she jumped. Why do you always do that? Chen held out his hands. I'm sorry. Let me walk you out. He led her to service entrance one and opened the door. The summer heat hit her like an open oven. She stumbled out onto the coral sand. Andy, Chen said, it may, at some point, cross your mind to tell someone about the sacrifice. Maybe even go to the authorities. It did mine at first. But do not give in to the temptation. If you cross him by telling anyone else, he won't just sue you. He will destroy you and the people around you. The people you care most about. He has everything he needs to do so. What he needs? She repeated, assuming he meant evidence. She'd handled the knife, and her fingerprints were all over the house. You haven't seen the ruthless side of him yet, but I assure you it exists. I won't say anything, she choked out. Good, Chen said. You'll be much safer that way. We all will. Trying to talk to me, telling me lies Starting and stopping me, pursuing dreams These demons, they stalking me, pressing your heart Nah, it's all just talk to me, pressing your not You're wasting your time, Preston, what's up? I just bought your problem, remember my name? Will you sign this for me, Preston? Just quit, this ain't who you're supposed to be Look at yourself, your color of skin Look at you fail, you expected to win I know I'm ill, I'm sick with the pen I'm climbing the hill, I'm tripping again This ain't no game, they know you're acting Your life is too plain, no cheering, they laughing You ain't no Drake, you got no plan I'm my face in these fakes oh, and I hit yeah, my reactions Throwing cash into the wind Feeling torn by all these demons Ripped apart by all my demons Step in my mind, my worst enemy is me Hating and lying is all just consuming me I'm going blind, yes I'm going to believe Acting like friends, I think they're just using me Fake like you trying to just shoot the breeze Please stop the talking, you're all just confusing me Acting so foolishly, not who I choose to be I'm all alone and my soul is through Bruce to see uh, Gone on some truancy This loser man, who is he? Watches I loop the beat, I'll knock you out Man, I must be Bruce Lee, what you expect them to do with me? Give them respect and be cool with me? They just rejected, they trying to ruin me I'll never quit, man, I'll just stay true to me Throwing cash into the wind Feeling torn by all these demons Ripped apart by all my demons You ready to hear what the truth is? These haters surrounding, they ruthless 
feeling the strain as they tighten the nooses. I brush them off, they all such a nuisance. God on my side, I can do this. I smile and I grin, cause I know I get through it. Trials and sins, redemption removes it. Gone with the wind, now watch me go through it. Throwing caution to the wind.